You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast, where you'll learn step-by-step how to meet and seduce beautiful women, whether you're looking for one night of fun, a week-long fling, or a long-term relationship. I'm your host, Trip, and the episode starts now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. On today's episode, what I have done for you is extracted an audio from an interview I did on YouTube. I don't normally do this because I really, you know, I want you to go on YouTube. I want you to watch the interview. It's, it's fun. It's engaging. And it's great to see the live chat and things that are going on. But there was too much good information in here. And I didn't want to leave it out for my podcast listeners. So I did an interview about a month and a half ago with Susan Winter. Susan Winter. Now she is really quite an amazing coach when it comes to understanding relationships, when it comes to understanding attraction. And there's very few coaches out there that I really respect in terms of their information. You can even go check it out yourself by going to her YouTube channel. It's just Susan Winter, and she's a relationship coach. And so she's got a lot of gems to share. And like I said, I didn't want to keep this from you because I know that not everyone who listens to the podcast watches the YouTube channel and vice versa. So this is an interview I did on one of my Wednesday lives. And it's pretty cool because we go into all these different topics and she's going to teach you all these various things about how to deal with certain relationships, how to deal with attraction and relationships, how to deal with dating people in this modern age. Okay, So I want you to pay attention to this and I want you to take some nuggets here because there are some things that she says that are really going to blow you away in terms of how things work in the modern day of dating. Things that and angles that you've never really heard before. That's why I wanted to share it with you. So here's the audio from that interview. And you know, don't worry, you didn't miss much from the YouTube video itself, which is two people talking. But if you do want to go check it on the YouTube channel, you can. It's on there with the same title, Strategies for Dating in the Modern Age. Okay, so she also offers coaching, which is pretty cool. So if you ever want to work with her, she does coaching in terms of you know relationships and what's going on with a specific girl. And I do the same thing too, but we have different viewpoints. So you can work with her. You can also work with me. Of course, if you wanted to work with me, all you got to do is go to coachedbytrip.com. There's an application form there. I am currently taking new applicants, even though right now there's a crazy virus going around and it's pretty wild out there. We're still working together. There's still so much to be done, even though you might not be going out there approaching women. As for working on your dating profile, so we can get you started with online dating. But also, we won't be starting coaching until about four to five weeks from now anyway, because my schedule is that far out. And by that time, hopefully, hopefully, the quarantine shelter at home, shelter in place is done. Okay, so we can either fit you in now and talk about online dating, or we can put you in four to five weeks from now where we can get you going and going out meeting women and help you have an active dating life. If you're looking for help in this area and you feel like you're about to give up or you feel like it's just not working for yourself anymore, go to coachedbytrip.com today and apply. All right. Okay. You ready? You ready for this interview? I think you're going to like it. Get ready for some nuggets. Like I said, here it is, my interview with Susan Winter. Looks like we're live. How is everybody doing? I'm here with Susan Winter, relationship expert and uh, and dating too. I mean, you talk about dating. Mm -hmm. Yes, you do. And... This is very exciting because it's very rare that I do an interview here live on the 7 p.m. time slot. Of course, we're we're just a little over the hour because we are figuring out some tech stuff, but we got it all figured out. So Susan, uh, say hello to everyone. Hi, everyone. I'm just thrilled to be on your show. And Trip. I adore what you do. I really, as a female... As a colleague, I really admire not only your business skills, but your professional skills and your communication skills. You know, the art is taking the complex and making it simple. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. Well, it's funny that you say it like that because I teach it how I would have wanted to learn it. So I love it 
when someone yeah, yeah. teaches me it, whatever it is, yeah. as broken down as, as possible like to the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what we do. Um, so yeah, this is really exciting. We're, we're, we're here. We're live. I, I'm just, everyone's kind of coming in. I know that most people watching this video, you're not watching this live. Um, so you know, listen, we're going to go over some great stuff today. Uh, Susan, why don't you tell the people watching who you are, what you are an expert in, and how you know what you know? <laughs> I'm Susan Winter. I'm a best-selling author, and I'm a relationship expert. And everyone, this was an accidental, unexpected career. I came to New York City as an opera singer. But not to worry. I had a backup plan. I had a theater degree, so, <laughs> just in case things didn't work out. And um, then I moved into corporate training films, and then I moved into now with CNBC. I had my own show on Financial News Network. And at a very young age, like late 30s, I took all my chips and left the city and built a weekend home on a golf course in northwestern New Jersey. Now, the reason I'm saying all this is this is the time and the place, early 90s. I moved to a place with no train line, no bus line to New York, rural, beautiful country and a beautiful golf course. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm single. This is like my dating pool. And I saw this beautiful young guy in my little hardcore gym, which I loved out there. We talked for about a year and eventually we went on our first proper date and it was to a metaphysical church, which isn't like anything weird. It's just like what you think is what you create. And I looked at him and I realized, oh God, I'm in trouble. I could feel it. I knew, I thought he was like 26, 27. And I, I was, uh, let's see, I was 39 at the time. But I looked about 27 too. Then I found out he was 18, flipping to 19. Long story short, we fell in love. We lived together. The entire community went insane. So they couldn't figure out, this was pre-Cougar, so they didn't know what to do with me, so they made up all these stories. So I was a witch. I drugged him. There were all sorts of weird, I don't know, ritualistic things. And I was a prostitute. And then they threw in that I was a lesbian. So they, they made up every story in the world. But little girls used to leave the line at the supermarket in this little tiny hamlet because they really were afraid that I would cast a spell on them if I just bought my eggs you know, um, it was like being dropped in the middle of Outer Limits or Black Mirror. And I endured this and I thought to myself, there's got to be a reason for it. I'm not going to give up the man I love just for social pressure. And, and I finally acted on the comment. Somebody said, you know, we, we should write, write a book. book. My, my friend said we should write a book on older women, women younger men. men. That, that was the first. And, and so, so what was really cool was, was that I was living, living I, didn't I didn't understand where this was taking me, but life will sideswipe you once in a while and, and take you, you're, you're in a career, doing, doing everything right. right. You're not exactly, exactly you, know, you know, you're doing what you think you should do, right? right? Here, here I am, you know, little collars up to here, little bob haircut skirts down at my mid-cap, financial news. I never saw this coming. Nor, nor did, did I see the controversy, nor, nor did I see the social censure, nor did I see the character defamation, nor, nor did I see the ageism, nor, nor did I understand the discrimination. discrimination. But, but when, when I got, I got, got in the middle of it, I realized I was fighting for more people. I was fighting for social justice. Honestly, trip. it's, it's never, never like, like, oh, 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 category. I want to be known for being with young guys. You know, that's not like where I was going. But when I got there, I did the best I could with it. And so the book was an international bestseller, Older Women, Younger Men, groundbreaking. Wow. And then I, I just thought it was normal. Oh, you go on the Today Show. Oh, Oprah calls you. I had no own oh, New York Times. I had every outlet in the world. I didn't have a website. I've never had a publicist. I've never reached out to the press. I thought, oh, they just call you. They called the publisher. The publisher would call me. But then all the skills come together. So you know you're in the right field when everything you've always done kind of congeals. So not to worry. If you're not happy where you're going in life, life will knock you to the curb. You'll think it's a mistake, and then you'll realize it's a great blessing. Amazing. Amazing. What a, what a story. So now at this point, so let's back up just a little bit. When did you start the YouTube channel? Because that's how I found you. And just so, was, was amazed by your advice, which is why I'm having you on this. And, and so, I was like, wow, she doesn't, 
there's just a lot of other coaches out there that speak very kind of basic, like, oh, duh, you know, kind of common sense, not very interesting stuff. And then when you... Uh, when I found you and I heard your stuff, I was like, wow, I haven't heard anyone articulate it in the way that you articulate it. And it's very truthful, which is why I have you on the uh, on the show. Thank you, Tripp. I'm, I'm honored by that. Um, you know, I don't have formal training in this, but somebody, uh, somebody who knew that I didn't know what I was doing technologically said, you need at least to get a YouTube channel. I got to the game so late. I'm SusanWinter.net. I mean, so they got it, I think in 2012 and I would do a couple things and I'd pay somebody to upload it. And I had my camera, my HD camera, and it sat in a container for two years because I was afraid to take it out. Because I think I told you this um, when we were talking. So I didn't know how to make the camera go. Then once I made the camera go, I didn't know how to get it into the computer. And then I didn't know how to get that to YouTube. So in 2000, I'm like, I'm going to learn this stuff. And I started shooting. Every Sunday, I'd do three or four videos, just whatever I feel like talking about. And so I really started in 2016, but I'm I'm a prolific worker. So I had like two videos uh, a week, and I think I have about 400 videos now. Wow, amazing. And I talked about and I didn't ever follow keywords or like, oh, let's talk about narcissists because it's in the news. Oh, let's talk about ghosting. I just talked about the things that either I'd hear with clients, and and I don't know if you get this, but um, um, or each couple of weeks, there's kind of a, uh, a mass collective energy that I get from my clients. It's either getting back with an ex or being misunderstood or narcissism or a bait and switch, or it's where they, they, they flip the, the like, the, my client is rightfully trying to communicate and then they try to correct their partner. And then because they corrected them, they become the perpetrator. And, and it's like, so I get these themes and then I talk about the themes. And then I also have people write in and tell me what they want to talk about. And I try and pick very um, applicable stories that everybody can relate to. I mean, sometimes they're really, really specific, like gift giving and receiving. Um, but it was near the holidays and I thought, why not? Because guys, guys stress, am I giving too much? Am I giving too little? You know, is it too soon in the relationship? Will I look desperate? Will I look needy? So I just kind of go with what I feel like talking about. Yeah. And you talk a lot, I see about hot and cold and, um, yeah. and a lot of st- stuff about relationships and people in relationships where it doesn't seem like they feel too good with what's going on in the relationship. Like they're nervous, they're scared about something or they want their partner to want them more and things like that. Exactly. That's a big pattern I've seen in a lot of out of your material too. And I don't talk much about that, which is why I'm having you on here. Cause I talk more about the section before that, right? I was like, how do you meet the person and then get into the relationship? Yeah. The approach, right. right? Like how I can approach and yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I need you. I need to farm out some of my people to you because I've got some guys I'm like, oh my God, I don't have game for you. I, <laughs> I, I need somebody definitely. So I, you know, they need to have the courage to just approach and say something. And I know the fear, but I love guys that are bad at the first part, the part that you teach them how to do. I have a theory. If a guy is too smooth coming up to me, he's done it a thousand times. That's the part he knows because he's done it. I want to see the guy that's a little nervous because there's something at stake because it actually means something to him. He's got something on the line because he wants to meet me, but then he's good at being consistent in the relationship. He's motivated. So I'm always a little sketchy about somebody who's way too slick. So let me ask you this. In terms of the questions that you've gotten from people, how how do you suppose the dating game has changed in the past five years? And I, this probably is based on like, you know, the questions that you get from people and, and you know, what you've seen from people. I know that maybe tech has changed some things, but what do you think? What do you think has changed in the last five, if anything? Maybe it's all the same. I don't know. I think it's a continuation of the last 10 years. And I think uh, we live in a hookup culture. That's the last 20 years. I'm seeing enormous whiplash because of that. And I'm seeing a pendulum. I'm seeing a trend. There are more and more people, lots of females, but also males, 
that are getting out of dating and sex and relationships altogether. So they were victims of this erratic hookup culture with a situationship with, I don't know where I stand and it all looks good until it doesn't look good. And then you catch feelings. Now they're going into being self-partnered and like, oh, at least I can achieve in my career. So I'm finding a lot of people are leaving relationships altogether. I'm also seeing Every week, there's a new term for bad behavior. Oh my God, like breadcrumbing and ghost and catfishing. (laughs) That's so funny. I feel the same way. I hear something new every time. Like breadcrumbing was my was my latest one. I'm like, wait, what's what's this? I I have to look them up too. It's like, and now they're like, and I did something for a magazine recently, like double texting. And it's like, well, I have to look it up. Sure, I'll talk about double texting. I'm in the interview and I'm looking it up quickly. What does double text? You know, so we have horrific behavior that has been assimilated by the general culture because there are people coming into the dating scene that have never seen good behavior. Seen a relationship that has lasted longer than six months or a year, and they don't know how to court, and they don't know how to date, and men don't know how to be an alpha, and women don't know when to stop being an alpha, and it it is just so messed up. I'm trying desperately to instill a sense of civility and sanity, to put um, polite behavior back into dating, because just because other people do it or don't do it, doesn't mean that we have to lower ourselves. So I try and get everyone, men, women, to understand you're not supposed to be comfortable with not being a priority. You're not supposed to be cool and and get comfortable with being treated terribly. You have rights as a human being in a relationship. You're sleeping with them, you're involved with them, you have a right to talk about it. You have a right to your feelings. So I try and restore that kind of common sense back into a world that's kind of like doesn't have a basis underneath it. That's, I don't know if you're finding the same thing, but it just seems like it's what used to be an anchor for correct and proper human interaction has kind of dissipated. And it, it seems to keep snowballing in that direction. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's interesting because I don't think, what I think is that, in terms of if we're talking about, again, the lowest common denominator, the biggest problem in dating and the biggest problem in relationships pretty much always comes down to fear. Pretty much. Yeah. That's what I found. Yes. Right? It's like we don't communicate with each other in relationships out of fear. So we just don't do it and we procrastinate and then it causes more problems. And then finally, when the problems are so big, you communicate, but you do it in the wrong way because you're so pent up with energy and frustration, and then it blows up, right? And then the fear on my end is the guys won't even go up and talk to women or they don't do it in a way that's making it work for them because they're just in, in, in fear and scared of what may happen. You know, I call it the distancing dance because what happens is women are scared too, okay? Nobody wants to be rejected. Even if you don't want them, you want them to want you. So what happens in the initial dating process is there's a glitch. You send a text message. Maybe it's not returned so quickly. We don't know what's happening behind the scenes. You know, you're, the, the other person was in a meeting. They, they got scared. Somebody said to them, oh, don't respond too quickly. You're going to look too weak and needy and don't, you know, give it a lot of time. So then they give a slow response. So now the person on the other end is like, oh, okay, now I know the game. So they do double the time. Then they start to separate. And this is the distancing dance until they're so far away from each other. And nobody said, oh, you know what? You actually made me nervous because you didn't. I kind of figured you were distancing. I thought you were going, meh, I don't want this anymore. So I got nervous. But we don't want to tell on ourselves. Because though it's courageous, people think it's a sign of insecurity. It's actually incredibly powerful to speak the truth. It takes a lot of balls to speak the truth and to own it. And to, but the way to do it, the only way you can do it is when you don't care about the outcome. When the importance of what you need to say and how you need to communicate is more important to you to serve that thing over the net, your serve, walk off the court. I just, I have this thing I call a monologue. 
I tell all my clients, your only goal is to say what you have to say. They like it, they don't like it, whatever. Clarify it if they're confused. Be diplomatic, be thoughtful, um, but you need to communicate. What do you think about this idea of, because what you're saying here is reminding me of this, this idea of the person in the relationship who cares the least always has the most power. True. And they have the least amount of feelings. I've done it and I've been on the other side of it. If you've ever been the one hemorrhaging your feelings, your next relationship, you make sure you don't, right? So in one relationship, I feel everything, all the joy and all the sorrow. And the next relationship, I feel dead. It's gray. It's gone from technicolor to gray. So the point is not to limit our feelings. The point is to use our mind to restate the narrative and to think our way through our auto-reactivity, to think our way out of it and get to a much more mature but open position of power and courage and personal um, empowerment in general. You know, I think the most powerful position is I love you, but I'm not doing this. And if you've got that in your back pocket, anything that comes before it is easy. So I always tell my clients, like, the last card in the deck is the breakup card. It shouldn't be the first one to blow up the bridge just because you're feeling pissed off and they didn't text you and you don't know what's going on and you're so afraid that they're going to leave you, that you're going to, your ego's got to do it first. I think the stronger position is to actually look at it and take your time and tell somebody how you feel and leave no stone unturned so at least your end is clear. You know, when you break up with a person, when you have a problem, if you can clearly identify what that problem is, that other person has a chance to correct it. But if you never give them a chance to correct it and you just have a frayed ending, there's then then you know what happens? Then you wonder six months later, oh gee, I don't know, could it have worked out? I didn't really tell them, did they understand? Then you're stuck with that for a year, two years. I've got people trying to get over somebody for three years. It's like they haven't moved on because they never ended, they never spoke up, they never clarified it, they never gave the person a chance, so they've always wondered. So there are a lot of things that people can learn that are simple techniques that will help them get through this and get free. What do you what about the situation where you where you you just aren't into the person anymore? So imagine you want to break up with this person. They did yeah. nothing wrong. They didn't cheat on you. They were a great partner. You just aren't attracted to them anymore. You're just not interested anymore. So the question, how, how how would you? I'm just curious. Like, what would you say? So let's say a guy is dating a girl and just not into it anymore. What do you say? do? You just tell me. the truth. Uh, you know, listen. I understand myself. I'm not typical. I understand. I am not traditional. Okay. Uh, so, not everybody is cut out for multiple decades. The question is: Is it that person, or is it you? As, a, as an individual. So the question really is, is this who I am? Is this my truth? Am I good for a couple of years? I used to ask guys straight up, what are you good for? A night, a weekend? I had one Polish kid tell me he was 26. I think I was like 48 at the time. He said, I'm good for a month, a, a, a month, maybe three months. And I said, a month. And then we renegotiate. And he said, yeah. And I said, you told me the truth. I really appreciate that. Thanks a lot. I'm very blunt with men. I mean, I got nothing to lose. What do I have to lose? Right? So that's amazing. I love that. But, but I mean, wouldn't that be nice if we all just said, oh, I'm just going to sleep with you tonight, but you're never going to hear from me again? Okay. That's not what I want. You have to give. You might lose a couple of girls. The other one's going to go, cool. I don't think I want to know you either, but this is, I'm into it tonight. So, you know, there's a lot less damage you can do. But so the question is <sighs> there had to be something that wasn't working. And so it's really important to be honest with yourself. Then you know how to be honest with another person. We don't have to tell them everything. We want to preserve their dignity and their ego, right? But um, I've grown tired of men that were perfectly wonderful. But I can isolate the place where they let me down, and it was pivotal. Like if they weren't a guy and stood up for me, 
I think, did I tell you offline about when I thought I heard noises outside? On the, I had a huge terrace, like double the size of my New York City apartment. And I thought I heard footsteps in the middle of the night. I wake up my boyfriend, I said, whatever his name is, right? I wake it up. I mean, I know I'm just not saying, it's not like I forgot his name. I, I, I don't, I'm not revealing who he is. I said, there's somebody outside. And he goes, oh, what are we going to do? Trip. I couldn't do it because I didn't want to be the guy. You know what I'm saying? I, I know what you're saying. Can we, can you go deeper into that so you can kind of help some guys oh, understand? On a most basic level, your independent, employed, self-employed, daddy gave her money, women, all women, we have learned to do it on our own. But there are two things I think we need from you. We need to know we can lean back. If we need you, you got it. And we need to trust and believe in your guidance. You know, like I call it the elevator. The elevator is broken. Who's the person that's got their shit together in an elevator? It's like, it's not, it's like that one person goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. They take command, they take authority, and we all relax. And also safety. I'm a female. Yeah, okay, maybe I want to bring a guy with me to negotiate for a car. But I don't want to be getting like some tool for the fireplace and running out into the, the deck of my house if I've got a man in there. Like That's not my job. I don't want to do that. I want to be able to feel protected. So I think most women nowadays, we don't need you to support us, but we need to know that we can count on you, that you're the guy that's going to protect us and save us and that, that you're going to make sound, rational decisions that when stuff hits the fan, we can learn to lean to you and you can say, baby, I got it. And we can just, and that's a very important part of being a female, I think. Yeah, it's funny. You know what's funny? I literally just made a video a couple weeks ago. I'm forgetting what the title was, but I talk about uh, something you can say, like a sentence that you can say that makes her kind of feel your masculine energy. And it was just what you just said. It was, I got this. Like, baby, I got this. I got this. And with that knowing, authoritative, calm, in control, this is why we like action films. You know, the guy's got it. Uh, you know, I have a cousin that I'm, so, I so love this kid. He'll, he'll like, he'll say, I know you don't like to drive at night. I don't. I'm my eyesight. I've been working on a computer, blue eyes. He says, I'm coming to a restaurant near you. I'm like, oh, thank God. I know you don't want to drive in the snow when I go to Minnesota. It's a blizzard. I'll come pick you up. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. They arrange the cars, they arrange the hotels. I get to show up and be a woman and be so grateful. When you've had to do it all on your own, it is so exhausting. As a woman, we have to be a woman and a man. It's really exhausting. So I am grateful. And also, but to be honest, Trip, we have to let you be that guy. Women have to allow that. And sometimes they won't give up their alpha. And that's a problem that women have. We are very new to power. And we do not want to replicate models that are ineffective or outdated. So we have to learn in our evolution what female empowerment looks like. And I am working with women on that as much as I can. How many, uh, what's your client base ratio of men to women? It's weird. It, it goes up and down. Sometimes it's 80% men. Uh, sometimes it's 40% men. I mean, it's been 2017. I was almost thinking of focusing totally on men. That was the year everybody wanted to get back with their ex. And I, <laughs> that was the I, year I wanted I, to get away from my ex. Uh, okay. I had to play Cyrano. I'm the one that won all the women back because nobody knows how to speak to a woman other than a woman. Right. So I'm to say, okay, you write this and you say that and blah, 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 blah. Um, it goes up and down. I've got a pretty healthy mix. I never focused on, oh, I'm just going to talk to women or just millennials or just whatever. I just said what I needed to say and whoever the audience wants to be. I, I do stuff like, like you said, you did the kind of stuff you wanted to hear. I write the kind of books for information I would have wanted to read that weren't available. I say the things that I wish somebody had told me. So, um, but I have always had an international clientele and I hear that's odd for Americans, from day one, I've had a very, probably 60% of my clientele is outside of the United States. I can mean Canada and the UK, but I've got everything from Abu Dhabi to 
I have a gay man in Saudi Arabia, too. Two gay men in Saudi Just could lose your life over that. Wow. Lesbians, lesbians in Qatar. I mean, I've got I've got people all over the world. Uh, Bangkok, you know, uh, Germany, Sweden, you name it. Ch- China on a VPN. It's crazy. That's yep. crazy. So, okay, so out of all these men that you're working with, or at least maybe beyond your clients and just how you view things. What do you think are the biggest mistakes you see guys making with women nowadays? I think the number one default, and forgive me, I'm not a man, so I'm going to ask if this is correct. But it is my impression that men's greatest fear is looking weak and needy. Would that be accurate? I think weak. I don't think, I think a lot of guys fear being needy but I don't think they're even aware. A lot of them aren't aware that needy is something that is something to look out for. Okay. Okay. So like some do, some don't. I feel like the weak part though, for sure. Because men want to play cool. I get a lot of guys that are are so invested in trying to play it cool that they're going to lose the woman. Like one thing for sure, if you took her out on a date, regardless of whether she likes you or not, say that was a fabulous time. Can't wait to, I'd love to see you again. At least reach out. And if she sends you a text, don't wait the two day rule. Don't wait a week. If you don't contact her for a week after a date, she is so done with you. She's so done with you. So Men are oftentimes ill-advised by their own peer group and trick. Honestly, don't guys remember the information even when they were 12? Like you've got peer to peer. Like what do guys know? They they're repeating what they learned in junior high school, middle school. That's not that's not adequate information. Yeah. And they yeah. and it's tough to I actually literally had a client text me today. He sent me a screenshot of um Hey, you know what? I'm just going to read it. <laughs> That's going to be, it's, it's going to make more sense here. Hold on one second. Where is it here? Here it is. Okay. So basically what happened was I'm not going to give away anything. So anyone who decides to become a client, don't worry. It's all good. <laughs> but basically, uh, in summary, he's texting a girl and she said something to the, to the fact of, hey, I can meet up, but it has to be later. Um, but I'm not sure when. And then he responded, um, I'm, I'm good, thanks. Okay, so I know that sounds strange, but I'll explain this. So he said that and I was confused. I was like, well, that's a weird response. And then she said, oh, well, you know, don't worry, we can meet later, like, or we can, you know, do it a different time. So this is basically her trying to meet up, but she just yes. needs to change the time. So I responded back because he said, all good, thanks. So I'm asking him, like, maybe he's done with her. So I'm like, I'm confused. Are you done with her? Are you just venting to me? Like, what's going on? And he said, no, no, no. I still want to see her. I said, okay, so why did you say all good, thanks? He said, hold on. I just want to quote it. It's funny that everything you're saying is like happening with, uh, with what I'm doing here. He said, um, he said, like you always mentioned, so just being cool about the situation. He says, I don't want to sound clingy. And like you always mentioned, just trying to be cool about the situation. And I was like, maybe this is on me and I'm like not explaining this properly, but this is not playing it cool. There's like a fine line between playing it cool and just like being proactive and setting up the date, right? Exactly. And so my first instinct is that when she started saying late and she didn't know, he felt dismissed. So his ego got in the way. He's like, okay, it's like not necessary. I got, I don't need this. Because our first auto reactivity is if we feel dismissed or that we're not a priority, we're like, we try and blow up the bridge. So he didn't let her try and, and she, initially it seemed like she was trying to get out of it, that she was dismissive. And when she came back, she tried again. Then that's something where we have to be um, agile and say, oh, wait. Maybe this was a text misunderstanding. So she's trying to be uh, specific and do this. Say, I'm really, I would love to see you. Any idea time frame? Like, I'd like to do it before 11. If it's not before 11, just so you know, I really want to see you, but I may have to just move it to another day. So he has to also have his boundaries. He can't wait around to 12 or 1 and maybe she'll text him or she won't. So it gets very... (laughs) 
it gets a little tricky, but you know, hopefully once our clients learn the protocol and the formula, and once they get it a couple times, we talk them through how to think their way through it, then they have the answers for themselves. Oh, I like in real life. I really do. And I like... Hold on. I was on mute. I got to repeat the question. Uh, So I asked you, where do you think the best place to meet women is right now? I like in real life whenever possible. And I like... I would ask men to be attentive to at all times there are women around you. The grocery store, the drugstore, walking your dog. She's walking her dog jogging, anything, um, any kind of hobby or activity. I have a guy that's been with his girl 15 years. He picked her up in a Dwayne Reed or Walgreens. They're the same thing in New York. He saw this really gorgeous woman near one section. He grabbed the first thing he saw. It was hand cream. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Do, Do you think this is good with this work? Just to be a conversation starter. They've lived together 15 years now. Wow. Every opportunity has women around you. You don't have to go to a bar, although it's easier when people are drinking. <laughs> After a while, they're a little bit more, you know, open to talking. But I think day day game is good. I, I I really like the fact of doing what you love doing because you're more relaxed. It's more authentic. I hate the idea of hunting, going out at night. I used to have women wrangle me like, oh, single, she's newly single. Um, she'll be my sidekick and we'll go hunt men in the meatpacking district. Oh, I hated it. I, I, I just, I was never more uncomfortable. I, I would interview everybody and go talk to the bouncers outside. You know, I, I hated the whole scene because I don't think it's an, a, a conducive environment. And I think you get more real dialogue in an environment that has you being more real not posturing, mm. being cool, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about sites and apps? Like, what do you recommend right now? Anything specific? You know, I, like, like, I like Bumble for the women. I know a lot of people still do, I'm drawing a blank on it. What's the... Tinder? The yeah, yeah, Tinder. I know a lot of people still do Tinder. And then niche sites. I mean, if you have a real, you know, if you're a farmer and you really want a girl on a farm, but there are some... I think people are going more and more niche with the sites. Um, There are always new ones. If you are concerned, get one that vets who you are, that you are who you say you are. And maybe those that show that you're STD free, you know, those are add-on services that some have. Some people like the league, you know, some people because they're Ivy or they're well-educated and they need to. So, each app will kind of have a certain demographic that it caters to. And, you know, I have a girlfriend who was actually engaged for the first time at age 49. She was on Bumble. We all know somebody who got married or they're with their long-term partner and they were on a dating app. So try the ones that feel right for you. And if you've been on too long and you're not getting any bites, close down your profile. Don't look, don't be there forever. I have a friend that years ago said, I used to see the same women on J-Date, same photograph. They were on there 10 years. They've never moved. They've never been busy. They've never been off. Like it didn't even look like they were in a relationship. So just try what you think is is best for you. But be try and be like... Um, fairly straightforward in your profile. If there is a profile to write it all, I, I think, you know, now they make you have all these weird opening lines and all this kind of nonsense. And it, it kind of gets a little far from the point, I think. I think you have to be very clear on what you want to create and what you're looking for within yourself. That's first. Like on your profile, you mean? Yeah, I like to be very honest. I don't, you know, these vague profiles, that doesn't help me. I, I am exceedingly straightforward because I don't have time for nonsense. I want to filter from the very beginning. You're still, look at, it's the most high risk sport ever. Love is high risk. So we want to try and do our due diligence and get rid of the clutter and the posers and the players from day one. And we want to try to filter to people that will hurt us the least and give us the greatest it results for our time and energy. So I'm not hesitant in a moment in saying what I want. And I think a really good 
uh, way to go about it. If you don't mind indulging me for a minute, I've got three little simple I steps. I want to hear it. Yeah, let's go. One, know what you want. Be able to state it in a word that people understand. Like, I want a relationship. I want a fling. I want a summer love. I want somebody for my partner and I. We want uh, a triad. Whatever it is that you want, use a word. Then use a clarifying word. Maybe it's like, I want a committed relationship. I'm not interested in marriage. Put your qualifier in there underneath to really highly distinguish it. Then ask yourself, number two, why do you want what you want? Sometimes it's going to be different. You think you want something for one reason and you actually want it for another. But no, what are you looking for in a relationship? I'm looking for companionship. I want great sex. I want somebody to marry. You've got to know your why. That'll help you shape everything. The last thing, nobody does this. I think this is so important. These sound so basic, but nobody does it. That's what's so crazy about it. Uh, The last is, how do I want this to look and feel and function in the real world? Meaning, we assume a lot. Guys assume a lot. If you say committed relationship, no, it doesn't mean I want to marry you. It doesn't mean I want to be at your house five days a week. Maybe it means I want you to visit me on Saturday night and see you once during the week. How many times a week do I want to see my partner? How integrated do I want them into my life? Do I want them in my life? How, how far are they into my social circle? You know, Do I vacation with them? Do I want to take on their family? Do I, do I adopt their kids? I mean, there's a lot you've got to think about. And the more you know your disposition and your mentality, and that changes as you change throughout life, the more you can inform your partner adequately as to what you're getting because they're getting because the real the dismay we buy a product thinking we're getting what we're looking at and then it's not the way it was represented we're like oh you've got to be kidding me so the more honest and straightforward we can be once you set that focus you do you do that exercise in about 15 minutes you set the focus you don't have to think about it twice you go out in the world, your mind already has that keyed in. You'll notice who, who fits that bill and who doesn't. Then you start then then you just automatically start to gravitate toward people that match that. What I'm hearing you say is specificity. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Listen, this go with the flow is go nowhere. And there's a time for that. In your early 20s, you don't know what you want. You got to taste the whole buffet table. You know, so. Knowing what you want is the end result of having had experience of what you certainly do not want. That's how we know what we want, right? Um, But specificity gets you closer to your goal in how you want whatever you want a woman for, whatever you want a relationship for, a partner. You want it for a reason. And we, other than just having a person there, it's supposed to satisfy that deep underlying thing. Is it for a sense of belonging, a sense of family? Is it for passion and romance? Is it for intellectual jarring and, and you know sparring with each other? What is it for? And if you can kind of get that sorted out, you will set the homing device to that person that has that kind of energy. Yeah. And it'll just be easier. Like I have a criteria that I that has changed over the years. And I find myself looking at a kind of guy that I would be attracted to. And the first thing I get is that that starts, is that the guy that you know is going to pick you up if you have a medical procedure? No, he's not. <laughs> is that the guy who's going to, you know, be there for you? Is that the guy who's going to want to do this or do that? No. Is he a peer? No way is he a peer. So I love this. I'm going to say something that uh, that I used to think, which now I'm completely on the other side of. I, when I was younger, in my I'm 35 right now. When I was in my early 20s, and I would talk to uh, different women, or I would see things on online dating sites, and they would say like, "I'm looking for marriage." You know, I would see people say like, I'm looking for marriage. I'm looking, this is what I want. This is what I, I used to, in, in that moment, I would cringe. I'd be like, oh, that sounds desperate. That sounds weird. Like, let things flow, let things happen. And then, of course, I grew up. I had my own experiences. I figured out 
what relationships are all about. What does a good relationship look like? What does a bad relationship look like? And now I'm on the complete other side in terms of what you're saying is there is nothing wrong with being specific, with knowing exactly what you want and why you want it. If you're, whether you're looking for a relationship or not, doesn't matter. Knowing exactly what you want because of the fact that there are other people out there and everyone's just kind of like bouncing around the globe and yeah. it's not going to work out unless you find someone that is going to match that. Again, whether that's a casual hookup for a month or that's right. we are having kids and we're adopting and I want you forever, you know, both extremes. But definitely being specific, I completely agree and knowing what you want, you know. So let me ask this question. But let me ask you a question. Wait, oh, okay. Just a okay, okay, go when, ahead. When you had that automatic revulsion, it's because that was not part of your game plan at the time, right? Well, right. I, well, I didn't <sighs> know what I wanted. I didn't know that you should even know what you would want. But but no wonder you would go, uh, because you didn't want that discussion at all. And that was your filtering system. Go, no, that's too much. So you, even though we don't think we're filtering, we're filtering. But now you start to see the wisdom. I, I Like for women, they have yep. a hard time saying, I'd like to be married. They think they're going to look desperate and needy and weak. But they like, won't to the guy who is also looking for it. But if you don't tell them that, we have a biological clock. And a lot of these gals, do you know how many women I know, Gen Xers, that never had a baby? They're now in perimenopause. It never happened. They didn't get clear on it. And so many women I know have never, they wanted they wanted a family, just never had one because they thought it would go on forever. And they kept thinking they'd meet a guy that maybe would want, they didn't start with a man. I want to be married. I want to have kids. Had they started with those guys, they might be there now. Yep. Okay. I'm sorry. I interrupted no, you. No, that was great. No, so just to sorry. piggyback off all that, if you're looking for a relationship, how do you determine what you're looking for? So that's part one. And then I want to ask, well, we kind of answered the second part, which is like, how do you filter? We kind of went over that. So I guess let's just take it back a step. How do you figure out what you're looking for and what you want? I don't think you know until you live it. You have to try it on. I call it trying on jeans. You think a certain pair are going to be great and you look good in them, but they're, they're really too tight. You can't bend over, but they look good. You're supposed to like it. Another pair, there's like overalls are supposed to be cool, but you feel dowdy. So you don't know till you try them on. That's the, that, that's the smorgasbord. That's like the buffet table. So you've got to figure out what you don't like in order to figure out what you do like. So that's, that's just trial and error. Dating, getting into relationships. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that is highly overlooked that I um, have isolated and talk a bit about is disposition. Does that person that you're seeing innately have a disposition that brings out the best in you or that brings out the worst? Now, honestly, the worst is oftentimes the highest passion, but that's the insanity factor. So that's, <laughs> I've had it too. Believe me, there are people that bring out the animal in you, good and bad. So the thing is, does the person have a disposition that is sustainable for you to interact with? Are they, are they rational? Are they diplomatic? And yes, everybody has their bad days. And their, but how's their disposition? Because so many people I know end up walking on eggshells. They're so afraid to piss off their partner and, they, and they're afraid to say what they feel because they don't know if it's going to start a fight. And they're they're never really comfortable. We shouldn't be living that way. That's not, that's not a real relationship. So disposition, can they, you know, do they have a good dispositional match for who you are as a person innately? Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I can pick it back off that. I feel, I, I feel too, like once you go through that process, I like to narrow it down to three. And then that's what, once you figure it out, try to figure out three. When I say to guys is figure out three right now, but don't worry. You don't have to keep them. They can change. They can change. But try to figure out three just to practice when you're out there and you're talking to women so you can figure out going through the process of filtering, of figuring out if this person matches the things that you're looking for. And then once so you, you get into those relationships, you, you find out 
if that's really what you want or not. So, Trip, are you talking about three qualities that you want to experience? Yeah, I call them the three non-negotiables. Okay. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Yeah, the three non-negotiables. So it can be something like uh, one, I always say: if you want kids, that has to be one of them, right? Because you have to. If you want kids, someone has to also want kids, right? If you don't want kids, uh, well, that should be part of it too. So that has to be one. So you're kind of left with two more now. And so, you have to, and so that can be, I mean, it can be a lot. It can be depending, maybe you're very religious. Maybe it's politics. Um, maybe it's the way that they look. Maybe it's um, a, um, like a certain value that they hold. Maybe you love to travel. So you want to find someone who's going to travel with you. So I say narrow it down to three. And people really give me crap for it. They say like, three, that's nothing, three. And I say, good luck finding three. Three is really hard. It's really uh, hard to have a match with three. You'll see. I use the three too because three is easy to remember. Mm. I tell my clients to isolate three qualities that they're looking for. And I do the same thing. It's interesting because we can't... Uh, I know people that have a laundry list and you're, it's so perfect. You're never going to find that person. But the dominant ones, you're absolutely... I do the same thing. That's interesting. I want to... Um, I'm going back to my phone here. This is really funny. I just got to share this with everyone. I have a friend. There's this girl. And she sent me her list. And by the way, this is not a joke. Okay. She sent me her list of what she's looking for in a guy. It is so long. It is. <laughs> it, it might be like 50 things. Okay. So let's see. I said, um, what did I say here? I say, what are your most important things you're, you're looking for in a guy? Because she's single right now and I'm always trying to help her out. So I'm just going to read some of these really fast. And there's just so many. And it's like a joke. And it's like, the reason why I'm saying this is for entertainment purposes, but also so you can learn, like, do not be like this. Because this is, you just won't find this person. Here we go. Enjoys his water filtered, cleans up after himself, takes care of me when I have migraines, funny, smart, kind, listens to me, good, healthy, direct, clear communicator, helps me communicate, says nice things to me at the right time, likes to ski, hike outdoors, camp, willing to try new things, creative, teaches me new things, only wants to have sex with me, has healthy relationships with exes, healthy eater, not a picky eater, likes to travel, has a job, is not as obsessed with work, responsible drinker, takes care of his teeth, good driver, not manipulative, handsome, likes to read, traditionally... I just gave you 20%. It just keeps going and going and going. And I said like, this is not good. <laughs> I was like, you're, you're not going to find this guy. You have to narrow this down or else you're setting yourself up for failure. I like the first one. Has to clean his water filter. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It was, uh, I was dying yeah. at that. That's the <laughs> first one. With, like, likes his water filtered. Oh, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think that affects the quality of your relationship, but yeah. Right. That's so. another thing. Some things on your list you find out don't affect the relationship and do not matter. Right. Is she early 20s, this girl? No, she's, how old is she? She's early 30s. Ah. Uh, so. That's. Just saying. But anyway. She, at least she's got you to talk to. You'll, yeah. you'll start. Well. We'll see. She's a, she's an interesting person. Um, okay, so some more questions. Let's talk about a lot of guys who are watching this or are, are in their twenties and their thirties. What advice do you have for a guy in his twenties and thirties right now? Okay, so now's your time to explore. If you've got things you have on your list that you have to get off your chest and get into an experience before you get into a committed relationship, do it now. Don't wait till you're married and go, oh, God, I never did a three-way. Now I feel cheated. I got to try this because it creates a lot of problems in a marriage or a committed relationship. And another thing I'd suggest to you is you are going to have so many external influences that tell you what you should want whether it is your cultural background, your parents, your religious background, or even the society in which we live. And I know it's a lot of social programming. It can be familial programming. The real task is to discern what am I told I want and what do I really want? Remember, things that are of the moment, that are fashionable right now, 
may not be your authentic truth. And just because everybody's doing something or everybody should like it doesn't mean it's it's true for you and doesn't mean Do you, you an need an example of that by chance. Uh yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good thing. I know guys need examples. Um I have uh, I, I deal with a number of different cultures, and I'll meet a really hip young Indian guy. They'll be dating girls, and suddenly I'll, he'll say to me, "Yeah, I have to get married. My parents are going to pick out a wife for me." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, what? What?" Because they feel that they should. Lots of times, guys feel that they should be hitting everything in a bar and scoring all the time, but innately, they really just want a girlfriend. But they feel pressured into being overtly sexual and maybe discarding them because they're supposed to be like that. And they're learning to try to be a player and abuse women and program them only. It's the kind of teaching where, you know, you only text them to see if they'll come over. And if they don't, you don't text them so that you program the woman only to be rewarded with your visiting her for sex. And and that may be a formula that some other people teach. And if you ever let your guard down, you can never be a real guy. That'll get you sex. And if that's what you want, then just understand it. But if you want a relationship, there's a different code of behavior. Mm -hmm. So understand that each way of being will attract a different kind of partner. So be very clear on what you want and don't let people talk you into doing something that doesn't feel right for you because they think you should. Getting your authentic voice is a very powerful thing. If you can come out into your early 30s and actually know who you are after all this, you are really well on your way to establishing a phenomenal relationship because it's based in authenticity. Yeah, yeah. When do you think, do you have an ideal time for when you think guys should get married if they're interested in marriage? Oh, golly. The research says that it lasts longer if you get married at an older age. And I know that men are funny this way, men say they're not ready. And ready means financially. And in their mind that they've achieved enough to take on a wife, even though you've got a two income family. But I think men have historically carried this from centuries past. I know guys that got married. I was riding on an airplane with a guy. You're not going to believe it. He was so nice. He met his wife in high school. That was his first. He wasn't a dorky guy. He was like a really hip, good looking guy. That was the only woman he'd ever been with. They'd been together. They're they're happy. They're it's just like he said, I wonder sometimes. And I said, You hit the jackpot. Why do you question this? So um I think you know yourself better in your late 30s. I think you've gone through enough changes. I think for men, they need to discover who they are in their 20s. They need to get a foothold in their career. Their first big foothold is in their late 20s. By the time they're in their early to mid 30s, now they're well on their way to becoming the man they need to be as far as their career. And I think they get more and more confident as time goes on. So marrying a little bit later, late 30s, if that's what you want, you'd have the economic resources should your wife want to take off and take care of the kids. But, you know, it's love doesn't quite come always when we'd like to plan it. Sometimes you're going to find somebody earlier on and go and just bite the bullet and just go through it. You guys can work. I know. It's funny. I I was giving this advice on a recent live and it's, it's really, it's my weirdest piece of advice because it's not something you you can follow. It's just like a, a hope or a wish that I have for guys. It's like, I want you to get into small relationships Meaning um, relationships that are short in length in your in your mid to late twenties, mm, okay. So that you can learn what you want, what you don't want. You can learn how to communicate. You can learn how to be in a relationship. What it means to have a good partner. What it means to be a good partner. But what's funny is I I want them. I want those relationships not to last. It's just a funny piece of advice to be like, yeah, get a girlfriend. But then like, I hope you guys break up. Because that's not how it works, right? You you do fall in love. You do uh, get attached to someone. So it's not like you can go, okay, perfect. So Trip told me to find some women, date them for a long time or a long time, meaning like multiple months. And then, you know, hopefully maybe not fall in love and then break up with them and then get into another one. So it's not like something that one can do purposefully, but it's something that I kind of, I secretly hope 
for guys to just experience relationships, but then not really settle down with one until they find that it's someone who's a really a much better fit when they are in their, uh, you know, early, mid, late 30s. I understand the theory behind this. You would like them to have a large enough comparison study to know what they want, correct? Yes. Because sometimes men think they're in love because it's the first time they've had ongoing sex with somebody and she dominates the heck out of them and she's not good for them and they're walking on eggshells and they think this is a relationship. I have guys that I, there's no Susan leaving the house without somebody going, I got to talk to you. This is not even clients. These are just friends. And it's like, one lady was beating up my guy friend all the time. And I, it was like, we called him bad doggy. It's like, oh, he had his head like this. He's like, oh, what, you're bad doggy again? He goes, I don't know what I did. <laughs> he was just always bad doggy. She was just always beating him up. And I'm like, oh my God. But this was the first relationship he'd had in a long time. So he was putting up with being bad doggy just to have a relationship. So I understand this, uh, this theory. Um, nobody... Guys, do not let a woman, okay, I got to say, don't let a woman make you bad doggy, okay? Just because she's going to torment you. And don't think that women know everything because they're a woman, that they're better at a relationship than you are. You're in there. You have a voice. you got to speak up. Don't let her boss you around. Um, don't let her tears make you lose your mind and cave in because sometimes they're manipulated. Just make sure that you understand you have a right to be there. You have a right to feel good. You have a right to know if you've hurt her and done something wrong, but they don't get to beat you up like a bad dog continually. I don't take my puppy and if she did something wrong, keep hitting her all day long. That's sick. That is not allowable. And and you shouldn't let anybody do that to you. It's abusive. Yes, I, I think so. I think a lot of uh, there are a lot of females that do that with certain kinds of men that are really docile and just trying to be there and excited to be in the relationship. And women take advantage of that. Um, yeah. In my experience, listening to the guys I talk to, yeah. yeah. What do you think about? Uh, curious. What do you think about make the MGTOW movement? Oh, MGTOW. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They, well. I don't mind if you want to go your own way, but don't harass me on my website. I mean, every time, <laughs> you know, go your own way, but don't, don't, you know what I mean? They, I've had to ban all those people from my YouTube and because they come and give the most horrific comments. Like, I know you're bitter. I know you got the short stick in your divorce. I know you hate women because you never did the psychological work you need to do, but I'm fully a proponent of if you want to be self-partnered and you do not want to buy into that and you don't want to buy into the old stereotypical gender roles and that and I don't think it's fair that just because you're a guy you've got to lose half of everything you worked for I don't think that's fair at all um so I understand this but to hate an entire group of women and then attack them I, they, they come on to, I've, I've had to ban them, trip on my site. You know, the minute it's yeah. low tap and all that red pill, I just have to. <laughs> I understand, you know, anytime you have a group of vicious people who get together and talk about these things, they're not getting better. They're just aggravating each other's discomfort. Yeah. And the point that we want mental health and we want people to overcome and make better choices. We don't want them to sit and fetch all day long. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. Now I was just curious. We don't have to get into a whole talk about it, but that, that was just really funny. Like, I've gone in the same way. I'm like, go ahead, do whatever you want. Just like, don't harass me and stop. Yeah, right. Don't hurt anyone. And let's not hate. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, Susan, this has been really awesome. I knew it was going to be, uh, like I said, I know I've told you this offline. I'm a fan and it's fun having people on here that I truly respect, admire, and just enjoy talking to because I like what you have to say. And, uh, and even your advice has helped me. You know, I'm in a relationship and I've looked through your videos in terms of relationships and it's been it just very uh, mind-opening, eye-opening. So it's great to have you here. I know we still have a lot of people here. Uh, so can you just share with them where to find you if they need coaching, if they need help, um, you do have your own YouTube channel. I have a link already and uh, and your uh, link to your Instagram in the description down below. But where can where do you want people to go to find you if they want more advice or help or coaching? 
Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Um, SusanWinter.net. I have a consultation page I offer by the minute on Magnify. It's a free app to download. And um, you can yeah, see... Yeah, you the- have like 800 five-star ratings, by the way. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm so I, I think you know what you're talking about. I highly endorse work with this yeah, woman. That's for, that's for very fluid situations. And they've provided a wonderful service because when I have the time and people have a real problem, because my calendar books out 24 hours in advance, but you can get me 45 minutes at a time or an entire day in person. And I work out of Scottsdale and New York City seasonally. So um, you can certainly communicate with me there. Awesome. And Susan.net. Awesome. Susanwinter.net. Cool. I'll put that yeah, in the description okay. also. Didn't even have a website for the first eight years. Didn't know. Well, now you're all caught up. Yeah, catching I up. It. I love it. Thank you so much. Everyone, uh, say thank you in the chat and thank you in the comments. If you're not watching live, uh, say thank you to Susan for being here. I thank you, Susan. This has been fantastic. I will keep watching your videos as you release uh, new ones. And hopefully everyone will do the same. And like I said, highly endorse working with her when you're having issues like we've talked about today. So thanks so much. Trip, thank you. I'm a fan of yours too. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks.